0: Hello, pod people. Today, I'm going to take you on a tour of the history of horror movie antagonists I've divided up into six categories that I think make sense uh, for looking at uh, different kinds of villains in horror movies. Um, but if you think they don't make sense, if you think that there are better or more interesting categories, uh, then I'd love to hear from you and, and what your thoughts are on that. And if you think that there are any uh, great uh examples of these different categories of villain that uh, I should have included in this list, I would love to hear what those are too. I'll either let you know my thoughts on them if I've already seen them, or I'll check them out and and maybe I'll discover a new favorite movie. Uh, so this is six different categories with six movies in each of the categories. Uh, the six categories are first up, mundane killers, which is just regular people uh, with usually with a knife or something. Um, then there's seemingly unstoppable killers, which is ones that maybe they start out looking like they're just a regular person, but you when you do things to them that would normally stop a regular person, it doesn't stop them, and instead they seem to be immortal or something. Uh, then there's unbelievable supernatural killers, who are killers who are clearly um, just not possible in the real world. Either they have magic powers or they're something that can't possibly, you know, be attacking people like an evil doll. Um, then there's cosmic horrors, which are things that are just beyond the realm of what uh, people can even normally conceive of. And uh, Then there's Enormous Threats, which are things that are either like literally, physically gigantic, or there's a whole bunch of them. Um, And then there's Conspiracies, which are groups of people working together, uh, either ordinary people or perhaps supernatural in some way. So now that you know the different categories, let's get started talking about the different movies. Uh, So first up, for mundane killers, uh, the first movie I'm going to say that you should watch is Peeping Tom from 1960, arguably the first ever slasher movie. It beat out the release of Psycho, also in 1960, by a whole two months. Um, This is a nearly forgotten classic. You know someone's a horror fan if they're able to slip in a reference to this one, like they did in Scream 4, released in 2011 on the phone call, or uh, in Halloween Resurrection, released in 2002, in a shot that you will only be able to understand if you watch Peeping Tom first. Um, This is an excellently shot movie with some great performances. Uh, It's a great way to start your horror movie education. Uh, If you liked it and you want to watch a sillier, gorier old movie, uh, then I recommend you follow it up with Blood Feast, released in 1963. Next up is My Bloody Valentine, released in 1981. This is my favorite slasher film. Uh, It's a great example of a horror movie with a great mystery where the setting really matters. Uh, You can see them um, invoking the different aspects of the town, uh, what in the Fear of the Unknown RPG, which I'll talk plenty about on later episodes, uh, will call town tags as they investigate and face peril, trying to solve this horrifying mystery. Um, and then the best part is that the 2009 remake is different enough that neither one of them provides spoilers for the other one, so you can watch both of them in, in either order and not be spoiled. Uh, for more slashers that take make great use of uh, their location, check out Berserk, released in 1967, which is set in a circus, or Psycho Beach Party, released in 2000, which is set at a beach. Next is Tenebrae, released in 1982. This is my favorite giallo film. Gialli are Italian detective slasher movies, a genre that was very influential on me and Fear of the Unknown. Uh, This is well worth a watch, both as an introduction to giallo films and just a great movie on its own. Uh, It features a truly excellent score, not by the band Goblin, but instead by several members of the band working independently, um, and uh, the band Goblin is fantastic. They did these electronica scores for a uh, whole lot of Italian horror movie, the horror movies that are just great. You might have heard them in Suspiria. Um, if you want. More uh, giallo films, I recommend Opera, released in 1987, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, released in 1970, and if you want something that's more supernatural, uh, Suspiria, released in 1977. Also scored by Goblin, like I said. Next is Sleepaway Camp, released in 1983. There are ton of films that could have taken this slot, featuring a campground and a classic slasher as the villain. Uh, The Clear Knockoff Cheerleader Camp, released in 1988. The Burning, released in 1981. Madman, released in 1982. Even the video nasty Don't Go in the Woods, released in 1981, if you prefer your campers to be in tents rather than cabins. Uh, But... Sleepaway Camp is the one with the best mystery, it's the most well-made, and it features the most hot counselors in crop crop tops and booty shorts, so it's the one that I'm going to recommend. Next up perhaps the most controversial one on this list, just because it's not particularly well known, is The Hitcher, released in 1986. This is a harrowing tale of obsession. Uh, The Hitcher is a great example of how you could play a game of Fear of the Unknown with just one player and the oracle running the game. Um, One lone victim simply initially being stalked, and later fighting back against the killer and the setting that they find themselves in. This features an excellent, increasingly frenzied performance uh, by the protagonist and an eerily menacing antagonist. If you want a much gorier movie with a similarly obsessive antagonist, watch Terrifier, either the short film released in 2011 or the feature-length film released in 2016. Uh, For a more critically acclaimed obsession film, then you should watch uh, The Silence of the Lambs, released in 1991. And the final mundane killer film that I'll recommend is Scream, released in 1996, the movie that really kicked off meta-horror, which is horror where the characters are familiar with horror tropes. Uh, If you want to write a horror story or play a horror game that's set in the real world, where these horror movies exist and your protagonists might have seen them, then you should watch Scream, and then watch Scream 2, which came out the next year, 1997, and probably Scream 3, which came out in 2000, and heck, you might as well watch all of them. They're all good, and they build on each other in really great ways. My favorite element, the movie-within-a-movie stab, uh, isn't even in the first one. Um, I also love its more straightforward slasher uh, sister film, um, I Know What You Did Last Summer, released the year after in 1997, but actually written before Scream. So those are the mundane killers. Now let's talk about seemingly unstoppable killers. The first one I'm going to recommend is The Wolfman, released in 1941. You should definitely watch at least one of the Universal Monster movies. Uh, these, this is the first cinematic universe, and they're great. This isn't the greatest of those. That's The Bride of Frankenstein, uh, released in 1935. But it is the one that's just most plain fun. Well, maybe Creature from the Black Lagoon, released in 1954. That one's also really good. Um, Like all of the Universal Monster movies, it does a great job of presenting a sympathetic protagonist who nonetheless must be stopped. Then... Uh, next one I'll recommend is 1978's Halloween, not the first slasher movie, although some will erroneously tell you that it is, uh, but it is one of the best. It gives us one of the greatest final girls of all time and shows some ex- excellent examples of her facing peril. Uh, hugely influential, it directly inspired Friday the 13th, released in 1980, and a million other knockoffs. Sequels become increasingly less cohesive, but there are some great moments in all of them. Halloween 2, released in 1981, is a perfect example of a trope that I really love, which is a sequel that picks up immediately after the first one leaves off. Um, and Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, released in 1982, is something else. <laughs> Alien released in 1979, is a great example of changing up the setting of a horror movie. Rather than being set in the stereotypical small town or campground or rural setting, uh, this is set on the Nostromo uh, spaceship, and it still manages to do the seemingly unstoppable slasher villain incredibly well. Um, if you want to watch more movies starring, uh, featuring an alien like this, uh, but you want to have it be set in a small town, you could watch Psycho Goreman, released in 2020, or The Astounding She-Monster, released in 1958, or Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, released either in 1958 or 1993, depending on which version you want to see, or Mac and Me, released in 1988. Next up is the Terminator, released in 1984. Some of you might be thinking, "Wait, isn't this an action movie?" And it is, and it's also absolutely a horror movie about an unstoppable stalker. So, uh, so is the 1991 sequel, and. Man, what fun characters and interesting uh, protagonists these movies have. Um, if you want to run a role-playing game um, with this uh, sort of, of unstoppable killer and you want to you know, really throw a wrench in your player's expectations, putting in a technological terror rather than a supernatural or a mundane one can be a great twist that they don't expect. Uh, Plus, this shows some great examples of how the protagonists can fight back, even against a force that they don't stand a chance against in a fair fight. Uh, For another great action movie that's basically a slasher movie, but with kung fu instead of knives, watch Undefeatable in 1993. Uh, Or if you want to watch Arnie be the protagonist instead of the antagonist, watch Predator from 1987. Next up is Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, released in 1986, the apotheosis of unstoppable killer films from arguably the most iconic slasher series of all time, and a great example of how to do an ongoing antagonist in your Fear of the Unknown or other horror role-playing game uh, campaign. Uh, and it starts with one of the best inciting incidents in all of cinema. I love this movie. It's cheesy, gory fun. Every Friday, the 13th movie is pretty similar, uh, and while each one is worth watching for their own reasons. This is the one that I consider the most visually striking, and so it's the one that I will first recommend. I rank the entire series 6 is better than 2, is better than 1, is better than 3, is better than 7, is better than 8, is better than Freddy versus Jason, is better than 4, is better than 5, is better than X, is better than the remake, is better than Jason Goes to Hell. And the final seemingly unstoppable killer that I will recommend is Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, released in 2006, a good example of how it can be ambiguous whether a killer is mundane or unstoppable. Uh, This is also a really clever twist on the mystery aspect. We start out knowing who the killer is, and we get to see them come up with their plan, follow along, see them start to enact it, and then... Twist. There's still a mystery to be solved. Uh, it's a great modern meta-classic. Uh, for more great mockumentary horror, check out The Blair Witch Project, released in 1999, or Jam Haunted Asylum, released in 2018, or VHS, released in 2019. Uh, the next category is Unbelievable Supernatural Killers. First one here I'm gonna recommend is The Thing, released in 1982, a remake of The Thing from Another World, which featured a seemingly unstoppable killer. Uh, This body horror classic features some great character work, a harrowingly isolated setting, and perhaps the best special effects of all time. A great example of how to build an incredible story out of just a few characters and one setting. If you want to do a a story-in-a-bottle game, you could do a lot worse than watching this first. Next up is A Nightmare on Elm Street, released in 1984. You knew this was going to be on one of these lists. It's one of the greatest horror films of all time, featuring one of the most iconic antagonists ever created. Freddy Krueger has no doubt caused millions of real-life nightmares around the world. The highly personal kills in these movies do a great job of showing off the sort of intimate horror that I love and that I think you should try to make in games of Fear of the Unknown. Uh, The sequels are all also worth watching as well. You could skip the remake, though. Next up is 1987's Hellraiser and then also Hellbound: Hellraiser 2 released in 1988 and you know maybe the rest if you want. Uh, this is a great example of having multiple antagonists, a some ordinary people, some bizarrely supernatural, and it really shows how you can make a story with an antagonist that the protagonists have no hope of defeating. Uh still be interesting and still have meaningful conflict. Uh, If you want to have an incredibly powerful antagonist that still obeys rules that the protagonists can figure out, this is a great example of how to do that. Next is It from 1990 or watch the 2017 and 2019 version, or even better yet, read the 1986 book. Uh, This is a great example of a group of protagonists investigating what's going on around them using their unique talents uh, and the aspects of the town in um, facing peril together or alone and encountering true horror, and in ways that are distinctive for each character. There's that intimate horror thing I was mentioning earlier. Uh, If you want to read another book about scrappy youngsters battling an evil clown, uh, I also recommend Clown in a Cornfield, released in 2020. Next up is Candyman, released in 1992. The 2021 sequel is also worth watching, but the Philip Glass soundtrack makes this one come out on top, in my opinion. Uh, It is a great story that shows you how an unbelievable supernatural killer doesn't always have to have completely over-the-top powers. Uh, They can also basically just be a mundane killer who, for some reason, people won't believe you when you tell them about. In the case of Candyman, it's because he can come and go in ways that would be impossible for a regular person but you can also have things going on like in a child's play released in 1988 where the killer is a doll and just no one's going to believe you when you tell them the killer is a doll other fun movies about urban legends include urban legend released in 1998 and ringu also released in 1998 And then the final one that I'm going to recommend here in the Unbelievable Supernatural Killer category is Leprechaun, released in 1993. This is, I believe, the first horror movie I ever saw, and it grabbed me and never let it go. Uh, It turns horrifying and hilarious. It is a great 90s period piece. Uh, I highly recommend it, as in you might want to get high before you watch it, especially with the sequels, which just become increasingly ridiculous. Um, and uh, other other things that I would say um, compete for this spot are Wishmaster, released in nineteen ninety seven, Puppet Master, released in nineteen eighty eight, and even Gremlins, released in nineteen eighty four. Next up is cosmic horrors. Uh, First one of those I'm going to recommend is The Evil Dead, released in 1981. One of the best Cabin in the Woods films and the best film portrayal of the Necronomicon, that evil tome of Lovecraft's that's induced so much terror over the years. This is a truly amazing film that everyone should see at least once. The uh, sequels Evil Dead 2, released in 1987, and Army of Darkness, released in 1992. Uh, And the 2013 remake, um, aren't half bad either. Uh, Next up is In the Mouth of Madness, released in 1994. Cosmic horror is all about the horrifying revelation of learning that the universe works in a fundamentally different way than you thought that it did, and this is one of the best depictions of that that I've ever seen. Uh, After you've watched this, Why not watch a bunch of Stephen King movies? I recommend Maximum Overdrive, released in 1986, and Creepshow, released in 1982. Uh, And just like how this film features a fictional depiction of Stephen King, uh, Cast Deadly Spell, released in 1991, uh, features a fictional depiction of H.P. Lovecraft himself. Next up is Event Horizon, released in 1997. This is one of my favorite movies, a truly intense build-up of tension and dread in a unique, isolated environment with great performances, incredible set pieces, uh, and some great examples of less is more when it comes to horrific imagery. Um, It's basically a prequel to Warhammer 40k, if you're a fan of that game. Um, Plus, like In the Mouth of Madness, it features Sam Neill playing someone who loses their shit over the course of the film. If you want yet more Sam Neill, I recommend Possession, released in 1981, which doesn't really feature him losing his shit so much as his character's wife. Excuse me. And if you want more spaceships confronting false gods, then how about Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, released in 1989? Next up is The Call of Cthulhu, released in 2005, made by the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society, who do great work. This is a throwback to classic silent films and a very faithful adaptation of the original short story. Uh, It is a great demonstration of the quality of film that a group of dedicated fans can make together, which is basically what you're going to be doing when you play a game of Fear of the Unknown. Uh, the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society has made two other movies, The Testimony of Randolph Carter, released in 1985, and The Whisperer in Darkness, released in 2011. Uh, if you want an actual old, silent, black-and-white horror, uh Consider Nosferatu, released in 1922, um, or any of the Universal Monster movies that I already recommended. Or if you want something more comedic, then I recommend Shh, The Octopus, released in 1937, or the oldest horror film ever made, which is still available and on YouTube for free, and it's only four minutes long, so you should definitely watch it The House of the Devil, released in 1896. Only 90s kids will remember. Next up is The Cabin in the Woods, released in 2012, a modern twist on the classic trope of a cult sacrifices people to appease an elder god. This love letter to horror movies was both a mainstream hit and a delight for fans of the genre, an easy one to convince your non-horror friends to watch with you. Uh, Other great movies to introduce people to horror with include Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, released in 1998, and Little Shop of Horrors, released in 1960, or, you know, if they insist, the 1986 musical version. And the final cosmic horror film that I'll recommend is Color Out of Space, released in 2019. No list of the greatest movies of all time would be complete without at least one Nicolas Cage film, and this is the one I'm including here. Uh, I could have nominated Mandy, released in 2018, or even Willy's Wonderland released in 2021 uh but definitely not The Wicker Man released in 2006 um I recommend doing a double feature of Color Out of Space with Die Monster Die released in 1965 because they're both adapted from the same Lovecraft short story Color Out of Space uh and yet they're so different from each other which I think is really inspiring um that's how uh, different uh, two different games of Fear of the Unknown should be from each other at a minimum. Um, next up, the next category is Enormous Threats. First one there is Gojira, released in 1954, a classic that came to define the kaiju or giant monster genre. I definitely recommend watching some kaiju movies, uh, although it doesn't have to be Gojira or even Japanese. You could watch the American King Kong, released in 1933, or even the North Korean kaiju movie Pulgasari, released in 1985, which has a backstory that's even more fascinating than the movie itself. Uh, The North Korean military kidnapped a Japanese director and forced him to make the movie for them, so that's pretty crazy. Uh, just don't watch the Americanized Godzilla King of the Monsters released in 1956, or if you do want to watch it, re- watch it as a companion piece to Gojira 1954 to you know compare and contrast the changes. Uh, next up is The Blob, released in 1958, or you can watch the 1988 version both are great. Uh, a horrifying tale of a small town on the brink of destruction, this ends with one of the most harrowing final exchanges of any movie I've ever seen, where they say, quote, I don't think it can be killed, but at least we've got it stopped. Yeah, as long as the Arctic stays cold. Why they didn't make a global warming themed remake sequel in 2018 is beyond me. Uh, maybe you should play a game with that premise. Um, For more goo, watch The Stuff from 1985 or Kaltiki the Immortal Monster from 1959. Next up is The Birds from 1963, Alfred Hitchcock's classic. This is a great example of how ordinary parts of life can be truly terrifying if used properly. If you like this and want more Hitchcock films, I recommend Rope released in 1948, Vertigo, released in 1958, and of course, Psycho, 1960. Uh, If you like this and want more animal attack films, I recommend Shockma, released in 1990, which uh, should definitely inspire you if you're running horror games. They play an RPG in the movie! Uh, Roar, released in 1981, which is truly terrifying and you should definitely read up on that the tagline is something like no animals were harmed in the making of this movie but 72 members of the cast and crew were because it features a lot of real lions yeah um i nearly put day of the animals uh, released in 1977 in this slot uh, except that if i did everyone would ask me why did you pick that instead of the birds i mean honestly the birds is better but they're both a lot of fun Uh, Next up is The Night of the Living Dead, released in 1968. This invented the modern conception of a zombie, although the movie calls them ghouls. Uh, Gone is the real-world idea of the zombie as a person under the control of a voodoo hongan, as in King of the Zombies, released in 1941, or White Zombie, released in 1932. Now zombies are rampaging mindless metaphors—I mean, corpses— Uh, back from the dead and rotting on their feet. If you need more zombies, watch any of the sequels, especially the unauthorized ones. One of those unauthorized ones, Return of the Living Dead, uh, released in 1985, invented the idea of zombies eating brains, which I'm sure you've heard of before. Uh, If you want to use elements of your game as metaphors for parts of society, no university... Course could come close to watching uh, all of Romero's dead movies. Next up is. Tremors, released in 1990, the classic that spawned increasingly silly yet endlessly entertaining sequels, the original is great for how clearly we see the characters make use of their traits to try to solve the terrible situation that they find themselves in, Uh, and for showing us uh, several of the monsters. Usually it's either Uh, one giant monster, or a bunch of smaller ones, but this is a bunch of giant monsters. Um, For more sandworm movies, watch Dune, released in 1984, or the 2021 version, I guess, Um, or Beetlejuice, released in 1988. And the final giant... Uh, enormous threat movie I'll recommend is Jurassic Park, released in 1993. A great setting, plus really distinctive characters, and then just one thing going wrong. And from there, it's pure play to find out what happens. Uh, full of little ever-changing mysteries. Uh, who did this? How do we get from here to there? Where is that person? Uh, and some of the most threatening antagonists ever put to film, uh, this one is well worth watching if you somehow haven't seen it yet. The sequels all have their moments, and some of them even ask interesting philosophical questions like, what do we owe to life that we have created? Uh, If you want more horrifying dinosaurs, watch The Lost World, released in 1925, or Reptilicus, released in 1961. And then the final category of antagonist is conspiracies, and the first one of those that I'm going to recommend is 2,000 Maniacs, released in 1964. Pleasant Valley is one of the most iconic small towns in horror movie history, and it does a great job of showing the horror of cultural differences. Being an outsider is never easy, especially not when the locals want to kill you. Uh, For more locals killing outsiders, watch Cannibal Ferox, released in 1981, or the more infamous Cannibal Holocaust, released the year before in 1980, or honestly, any other Italian cannibal movie, uh, or the sequels to 2000 Maniacs, or Deliverance, released in 1972. Next up is Invasion of the Body Snatchers, released in 1956, and the film from which this podcast takes its name. Uh, What do you do when your friends stop being your friends, when your family isn't your family? Well, if you don't have Capgras Syndrome, you'll have to give something a try, and this movie shows the desperation, paranoia, and distrust of that situation amazingly. If you want to see that same story again, you can watch Invasion of the Body Snatchers, released in 1978, or Body Snatchers, released in 1993, or The Invasion, released in 2007. Next up is Village of the Damned, released in 1960. What could be worse than losing a child? Well... Perhaps having them turn into a monster could do it. Uh, for more creepy kid conspiracies, watch the 1995 remake of Village of the Damned, or Children of the Corn, released in 1984. Or for a conspiracy about a kid, watch Rosemary's Baby, released in 1968. Next up is The Wicker Ban, released in 1973. Not the remake, the original. Uh, This is one of my favorite films ever made. It is a fantastic mystery thriller of a lone protagonist in an incredibly distinctive small-town setting with a mystery that is perfectly tied to the setting and the protagonist. It couldn't have happened anywhere else or to anyone else. For more folk horror films that really use their location well, check out *Midsummer* released in 2019, or Hot Fuzz, released in 2007. Next up is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, released in 1974. If you want to get a feeling of isolation and dread at being out of your element, this is a great place to start. The protagonists are facing off against ordinary people but the fact that they're in their territory and there are more of them than there are protagonists gives them an almost supernatural control over what happens uh this is a great one to watch if you've ever taken a road trip through the middle of nowhere and wondered what would happen if you pulled over in the wrong spot or your car broke down uh For other road trip horror films from the 70s, check out The Hills Have Eyes from 1977 or Tourist Trap from 1979. And the very last movie that uh, is on any of these lists is Scanners, released in 1981. This is a fun one to inspire your games because it presents a world that seems very much like our own, but with a twist. Uh, Psychic powers are real, and not just real, they're publicly acknowledged. Uh, People know they're real. It has interesting and specific rules for how the psychic powers work, uh, and I can definitely see a great Game of Fear of the Unknown happening where is a scanner is a tag. Or if you want to get really creative, you can even come up with your own scanning move. More about that in later episodes. Um, For more movies that seem to take place in the real world but with psychic powers or some sort of mental powers like that going on, check out Deep Red, released in 1975, or Get Out, released in 2017. And there you go! 36 movies, six of each in six different categories, giving you an overview of what I think is a a great selection of uh, classic, and modern horror movie antagonists. I hope you enjoyed. Let me know what you think.